Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, here we go. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Big three-hour show today and a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, Off the top, Rodney, uh, we lost two people. Always a tragedy when you lose people. One was shocking. And the other hurt a lot. Let's start with yeah. Maury Wills. Yeah, Maury Wills. Just, uh, what was Maury, 89? Yeah. What is? 89 years old. Uh, obviously a great, great player, even better person. Um, Dodger won, you know, multiple titles for the Dodgers. He was MVP, I believe, in the early 60s. Um, just a great guy, Fred. I, I don't know if you've had a chance to interact with him much at all, but I did have a chance to interact with him uh, in my college days, which was really cool as a as a young kid in college. Getting a chance to uh, to get some words of wisdom from Maury Wills was was amazing. Yeah, and when the Dodgers used to play USC, right? Yeah. So every year, uh, as I played baseball, every year, every January, like kind of right before spring training would start, and as the college baseball season would start to you know kick off. We would play an exhibition game with the Dodgers um, because Tommy Lasorda and Rod Dato were very close friends. Very, very, they were like brothers. And uh, Dato would often be seen and having dinner with Dato and vice versa. And so they set up these exhibition games. And it was, you know, the one thing about Tommy is that he didn't just throw out a bunch of guys and say, okay, these are the guys that are going to play A ball or double A somewhere that you never heard of. He made sure that a lot of his a lot of his stars played at least an inning or two in that game, and it was so exciting for us USC kids that come over to play at Dodger Stadium and then have a chance to to face off against a Fernando or somebody like that, and uh, you know Saxy's playing second base. I mean, it was it was really cool. And uh, one of the days we got a chance to just interact with a, with a lot of the Dodgers coaches as well, and Maury Wills was one of them, and he. He pulled like, you know, six or seven of us aside and just for about 45 minutes was just talking about the, the you know, the art of baseball and the art of bunting and the art of stealing a base and things to look at and just the way his mind worked. But he took that time to to talk with some 17, you know, 18-year-old kids that, uh, that were sitting there just gobbling it all in, and I certainly was, but just a very, very good human being, and uh, I'm, I'm just... I'm I'm happy that I had that time with him, and because uh, I'm sure he's touched not only mine but a lot of people's lives over his life. He was still working at camp. Dave Roberts yeah. would still bring yeah. him in to work during yeah. spring training. Exactly. Dave Roberts said that basically Maury Wills was a mentor. Yeah. And and credits a lot of his success to Maury Wills. Didn't he wear thirty because of uh, yeah. Maury Wills? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 This is a great Dodger, so we'll definitely uh, definitely miss him. National League MVP. The, yep. He won MVP one year. He beat Willie Mays. He beat yeah. out Willie Mays. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So he will certainly be missed. 
Uh, this is tragic. This other note off the top. Young man by the name of Jalen Hill. He was a UCLA basketball player. was off the team. Um, he died. He's 22 years old. He was in Costa Rica. His parents found out that he had died. Uh, I think he left the basketball team at UCLA because he was having some uh, some anxiety issues and, and things like that. Mentally, he just wasn't ready. So he left the team. Uh, and in Costa Rica, we don't know the cause. He went to Centennial High School. But, uh, yeah, he lost his life. Uh, people at UCLA are shocked. His coach at Centennial High School also shocked. Yeah, just tragic when anytime you hear of someone passing, but also especially when you hear of a, of a young kid, what, 21 years old? 22. 22 years old. Um, and uh, so just, you know, thoughts to his family and, and everyone. I, I believe it was a shock to everybody. But um, and, then you, and then it happens in a foreign country, you know. It's just kind of, you know, I'm sure there are more, more details will come out, but it's just it's tragic when uh, anybody passes, especially with someone that's got so much future ahead of them. Our, our thoughts to the family, Jalen Hill's family, and our prayers. This is something we talked about about a week and a half ago, and we said, you know, this is not the way it's going to play out. We'll tell you how this is going to play out, and it played out exactly as we said. The NBA jumped in after about an 18-month investigation and fined Robert Sarver $10 million and suspended him for one year, operating the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, misogynistic behavior, uh, racial behavior, uh, and really not a very well-liked guy. He bought that team very much like Frank McCourt did. He was undercapitalized. I believe he was in the car business, Phoenix and Rodney, uh, in, in uh, Phoenix, Rodney. And uh, he bought the team. And it was the same kind of thing as Frank McCourt. Don't really have the money, so we'll just figure it out as we go along. And you know how that turns out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he had owned the team for a while. And I would say very much like Donald Sterling, it was the uh, jewel, his jewel. And uh, he'd bring his friends. His wife was at every game. And he was kind of the big man on campus, despite the fact he wasn't really well-liked. Well, his behavior got to him, and the league suspended him. And we said at that point in time, if they don't want you to be in the league, you're not going to be in the league. You know, the commissioner yeah. said, I don't have any real power to take the team from him. But we sat here and said, okay, just because you can't take the team from him doesn't mean he won't be gone. And we speculated that he was going to put the team up for sale and he put the team up for sale today. Yep. So he's out of the NBA. They can't, they can't take the team from you but they can make it very uncomfortable so that you will sell the team. They can strongly suggest, Fred. Right. That, right? Right. They can strongly suggest that uh, maybe you ought to go a different direction. Correct. And maybe we need to go a different direction. So uh, you got 30 days, put that team up, and then we'll go from there. Now, I, I don't know how it went down, but but you knew this was coming. I mean, with all of the allegations, and this is just not one you know, one incident that surfaced recently, this has been going on with him. And it's gotten to a point, it got to a point where enough is enough. And and they stepped in, not only, you know, obviously suspended him and fined him, but uh, you knew this was happening because we talked about it, you know, as well. This was happening behind the scenes that we weren't, we weren't going to be shocked that uh, he's forced to sell the team or the team was going to be put up for sale at some point in the near future. And here we are.
and here we are. And I have to tell you something. Uh, if you're looking to get into the prof- professional sports business, yeah, Phoenix Suns would be a pretty good franchise to grab. That's a great franchise, though. I mean, in an upcoming market, uh, they, they get support. Uh, I think that... Uh, you know where it is, the location. Uh, it, it'd be it'd be a fantastic, I think, team to own. They just built a brand new training facility, brand new offices. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a team that is highly supported in its marketplace by the fan base. Uh, if it's winning, it was the first professional team in Phoenix history. They had the Western Hockey League Phoenix Roadrunners and the PCL Phoenix Giants. But that was the uh, big-time professional sports when the Suns came to town. Be a great franchise to own. It's going to go for more than $2 billion. And that's funny. When Steve Ballmer paid $2 billion for the Clippers, people thought, oh, God, what are you doing? When when Guggenheim spent $2 billion on the Dodgers. What are you doing? What? what, Oh, no. This is a terrible move. Why would they overpay for it? Yeah, why would you do something like that? But every time somebody spends that kind of money, everyone else's business appreciates. It's kind of like real estate, the comps in your area. If one house sells for a million dollars, yours isn't selling for 200,000. It's going to sell for right around a million dollars or more. And that's what's happened now. So the Suns would be just a terrific buy. And uh, they are for sale. So if you got $2 billion sitting around, you could buy the Suns or the Angels. What's a better buy, Rodney? The Suns or the Angels? Ooh. Ooh. Um, you know, I don't, because I, I don't know the, the, the financial breakdowns of what it would look like in, in the different leagues. I mean, certainly we know that NFL is king when it comes to, to revenue base, I believe. But I think that uh, in terms of glamour in terms of excitement in terms of all of you know kind of thing i i would like if i had a choice i would i would probably want to own an nba team than a major league baseball team so in that regard i think owning the phoenix suns would be um probably cooler than, than owning the uh los angeles angels yeah and, he, and here's the thing if you own the suns now you got to look at it like this from market perspective how many Fortune 500 companies are there in the market? Things like that, right? Because mm, that's how you yeah. make your sponsorship money. If you own the Suns, you control the market. If you own the Suns, yeah. you basically own Phoenix. Because yeah. let, let's be 100% serious. The Diamondbacks don't draw. Right. And the Cardinals are there, but they're kind of an afterthought. Yeah. They got to just kind of, they got to win, win to be any kind of relevancy. Right. And and they and they are kind of an afterthought where I think the, you're right about the Suns. Um, people get really excited about the Suns. They've got kind of more of a legacy there. And the hockey team there, the Coyotes, they got kicked out of their yeah. their arena lease in Glendale. Yeah. And now they're playing in a 5,000-seat arena at Arizona yeah. State University. Yeah. Until they figure out what they're going to do. So they're playing on the campus of Arizona State in a 5,000-seat yes. arena. An so NHL would it be team. safe to say that the uh, Coyotes are on? That ice bread. Hey there. <laughs> so the Suns will control the Phoenix market yeah. and advertising. I like the Suns as well, but I like the Suns because I was at their first game in history as a kid. I went to the very first game they played against the Russian national team. But oh, now wow. if Dick you, Van Arsdale. Dick Van Arsdale, who came from the Knicks, and as Al McCoy yeah. called him, Dick the Nick. 
<laughs> That's right. Uh, but if you own the Angels, now you're in a bigger market. The problem is you're competing with Los Angeles. Yeah. And that's why Artie Moreno changed the name. I got I got to tell you a story. I got a, an email from a viewer from Channel 4, a teacher, a woman, and she said, uh, this is the only place I go to get my news and sports, and I thanked her for that. And she said, but I would appreciate it if you'd be a little nicer to the Angels. Could you be a little nicer, please? Because when they were mathematically eliminated, I had some crack I made. Mm. And... Uh, could you be a little nicer? And I wrote back, I said, you know what? It's always good for our business, Rodney, our business as well. It's always good for business when the home team wins. Always. Yeah. Any of our home teams win, it's good for our business. But you got to win. You got to win. Yeah. And when they win, we'll say nice things about them. And when they don't win, we're going to be truthful and honest about it. And I think the Angels do have some work to do. Whoever comes in and buys that franchise has to be highly capitalized. They got to be like Stan Kroenke. They got to be like Guggenheim. Yeah. They've got to come Palmer. in and say we're, you know, we're going to buy the team at X. We're going to build a stadium at X. And we're going to invest so much money as well just to get this yeah. thing to where it needs to be. Yeah, you think about it. The LA ownership of the teams. You know, you mentioned Guggenheim, relatively new owners, but coming in to buy the Dodgers very well capitalized. Got all the money in the world. Steve Ballmer got all the money in the world to do what he needs to do in this market. Stan Kroenke, same thing. Got all the money in the world to do what they do in this market. I think the Lakers and the Bus Genie is a different category because they're a legacy team. They've been here for years, and they didn't just buy the team. They didn't come in, you know, five years ago and buy the Lakers. They've owned the Lakers, the family, and the dad going back, owned the Lakers in 79. So they've owned it for years. But anybody new coming in to own a franchise, especially in this market, you better be heavily capitalized. You better have deep pockets or you won't survive. Yeah. So whoever buys the Angels needs to have a lot of money. You don't need as much money if you buy the Suns. Because it's not yeah. that difficult to compete in that market. Here, it's far more right. difficult. I think I'd buy the Suns, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know that group you put together to try to buy the Raiders? Yeah, go down there and get the Suns. I'm in. Okay, deal. Let me make that call real quick. But By go the ahead. way, how much do I have to put in? in for a dollar and a nickel? You know what? What percentage bucks, does that get me? Put in 200 bucks. I'm in right now. <laughs> I'm in right now. Let's go Suns. Let's go Suns. Okay. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is officially back with the Lakers. He had some comments. How many guards do you need? I understand going small, but you don't want to be the Ant-Man of Houston. Uh, we'll talk about it. Ball's on the way. It is up. It is good. Three straight wins for the UCLA Bruins. The Sun Belt surprise dies. Three straight losses for the Colorado Buffaloes. UCLA heads to Colorado to open the Pac-12 schedule this Saturday. Bruins pregame at 8.30, kickoff at 11. Hear every moment of the action on the home of the UCLA Bruins. AM 570 LA Sports. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much, yes. Speaking of which, traffic. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570 LA Sports.
Come on now, let's keep it going. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan on a hot day, a beautiful Wednesday. Gotta love Wednesdays. Get to the top of the mountain. And when the day is over, you're pedaling downhill, Fred. You're pedaling downhill when you get to Wednesday night. It's the beauty of a hump day, Fred. That's right. Beauty of a hump day. Uh, Rodney, so Dennis Schroeder made it official. He is now with the Lakers. We're getting close to the opening of training camp. I mentioned this in the tease. I love this line. I've been take. I've been talking to the Lakers for the last three months. I knew I was going back, but I wanted to take my time. That cost him $84 million the last time he took his time. Now he's been talking to him for three months. Three months? They knew they were going to sign him? Yeah. How much do you, oh, first of all, how much do you buy into that, Fred? I mean, are we taking this at face value that this is the way it went down, that he's been negotiating with them, and they all, both sides, knew that he was coming back three months ago? Well, if it's not true, then why is he saying it? Isn't that one of the problems he had when he was here the first time? Well, what? Well, what just talking about stuff and, and voicing his opinion and, and getting under people's skin and upsetting people with what he said, and now he's back and he's doing the same thing. I'm going to believe that they did know that he was always in the plan. And you'll remember, if he had signed, Russell Westbrook wouldn't have been here. So I'm believing he was always in the plan. And if that's the case, now you have Westbrook, who's supposed to start, and both Pat Bev and Schroeder, who can both play, now yeah. coming off the bench. And so now you're three, guards, you're three guards deep with a guy you that can... You three guards, don't you? With a guy... Well, I guess you do, but LeBron's going to handle the ball. So if LeBron's going to be in the game and Westbrook's going to be in the game, that means LeBron and Westbrook would both be out and now it's Schroeder and Pat Bev. I don't get it. I don't get what they're doing. I just don't. I mean, Schroeder can play. There's no question about it. He said LeBron's excited to have him back. That's good news, too. But what are they doing? But I mean, what do you make of his, his last stint with the Lakers, when, meaning uh, Dennis Schroeder? Did he, did he pan out to be what you thought he was going to be and what the Lakers needed? Let's start there. I think he was up and down. Yes. I thought he was more than serviceable. And had flashes of brilliance. But do I think overall... They got him so he could score, right? They right. got him as a guy that could score, could shoot the three. Yeah. He could score, take some of the pressure off of LeBron. Right. But do I think he was what they hoped he would be? No. But he was pretty good. He was pretty good. I'll give him that. Yeah, I think he uh, he under-delivered. Okay. I guess is the, is the way to put it. I think he under-delivered, under which is interesting because I think the whole world saw it except for him, and which is why I think people were puzzled that he didn't take the $84 million when he had it on, on the table uh, because no one paid him. No one went out and said, oh, yes, you're the guy we want, and now he's coming back kind of almost with, uh, I don't want to say with his tail between his legs, but he's coming back almost kind of begging to get back and get another shot. Um. I don't know what they're doing either, Fred. I, I really just on the three guard situation. And yes, LeBron is going to be ball centric and have the ball in his hands. So it's not like oh, LeBron is playing in the paint and they need the rotation of the three guard situation. Because in essence, LeBron is a guard. 
I just don't know how the personalities are going to work together. That is my thing because they, they all three of them have very strong personalities and all three of them have that personality kind of and have a reputation of getting under other people's skin. And so how are those three going to get along and get, to, you know, and work together? That is my biggest, biggest question. All right. Well, here's a question for you. Kendrick Nunn is a guard. Yes. So now they have four. Yes. And then you think to yourself, okay, maybe here's the deal. Maybe they're figuring out a way to trade Kendrick Nunn and Westbrook and a pick or two. And maybe that's how they're going to rid themselves of Westbrook. Because you, you do not need this many guys. You just simply don't. And maybe that's the move. They trade Kendrick Nunn. Maybe they're going to play small, friend. No, very small. Like tiny small. I don't know. Maybe they trade Schroeder. Can they trade Schroeder? They just signed him. No. So it would have to be Kendrick Nunn. All right. So maybe they trade Kendrick Nunn and, and Westbrook to somebody. Oh, both of them, you're saying? Yeah. Trade them both to somebody. Yeah. Maybe they do that. I find it hard to believe they end up at, they, they go into camp with this roster. But I guess they have to now. They probably will. Camp is next week. <laughs> yeah. We said a month ago, huh? they're going to go into camp. Westbrook going to be on the roster going into camp. Um, if they put it away, if they make it work, I am with a lot of people will be shocked if they are able to make this work. Well, they can't make it work. They can't. What What are they going to do? <laughs> LeBron, Anthony Davis, Pat Bev, Westbrook, and Schroeder. all getting along, all in the room getting along. Yeah, this is just a a recipe for disaster. You know it was bad last year. People people speculated last year. It's going to be, I don't know how this, this fit with Westbrook's going to go. Okay, well, we saw how that went. Well, now we have a new coach and four guards. They keep saying guards. It's a positionless league, Fred. It doesn't matter what they okay. what you call them. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to put Bat Bev to defend somebody 6 foot 9. I'm sure well, he can do he a good job. He defended LeBron in the playoffs. I'm sure he can do a good job for a little while. But I think you're going to get out rebounded. Did he defend there. KD for a minute? For a minute. For a minute, Rodney. <laughs> not for 38 minutes. That's not going to work. It's not. Uh, okay, so you know we were right about the Robert Sarver thing. Do we think that they're going to trade Kendrick Nunn and Russell Westbrook now? That's the question. No, okay. I don't. No, I don't. Before the season starts? Yeah. No, because I don't think anybody, first of all, I don't think anybody's going to take them or do a trade because it's it's been shown that the Lakers are not willing to come off those picks of 2027 and 28, I believe it is. 29. Uh, 29 coming off those picks. I don't know why. Oh, no, no. Um, and then I don't think anybody's looking to do the Lakers any kind of favors. Because that kind of would, would you know, be if they, if another team can't get the world or whatever they want, then it would be doing the Lakers a favor. Let me take these guys off your hands. And I don't think anybody's out there trying to do the Lakers any kind of favors. Okay, so here's the deal. They want to see it implode. All right. Most of the NBA wants to see this implode. Well, they can't was, wait for the season to start. They saw it implode last year. And they want to see it again. They want the daily double. In a different way. All right. 
So let's do this. They want to see Pat Beverly and Russell Westbrook work together because nobody believes that they can. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Well, let's just, let's just be on the record with this. If, in fact, they make a move with Westbrook and include Kendrick Nunn, just remember we said it. If, in fact, they do nothing, forget we ever said it. <laughs> it's covering your bases, Fred? Yeah, just do that. Kevin, edit that out of the podcast. Oh, God. I'm on it. Okay. Just make sure that's how we're going to handle this now. So, so for clarification, you said make that part loud on the podcast and post it by itself every single day until the start of the season. That's what you just said, right? That is exactly what I did not say. Okay. Do not do that. But we'll see. I mean, it, it's really going to be interesting to see how this works out. Got a lot of guys the same size <laughs> on the roster now. Hey. Hey, you know. Let's just say it is Hollywood. It's going to be drama. There you go. Always drama with the Lakers. Yes. Always. More fun when it surrounds them winning than when it's like this. What do you think they're doing up there? What do you think is going on in their head? Let's, let's sign this guy. Let's sign that guy. Um, is it self-sabotage, Fred? No. No, Can't I th- be? No, I think they backed themselves into a corner. I think they made a horrific decision. And do they the- really believe? I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, go ahead. Do they really believe that this roster, as constructed right now, can work and they can win? From a do delusional you think deep standpoint, down inside, yeah. Do, deep down inside, do you think that they really believe that this this can work? Yeah, because when you're sitting around in a room, you know, I, I equate this to um, working on television now. You know, and the local Emmys come out every year. Now, the number of people that watch TV is not like it used to be. As a matter of fact, it's a fraction of people watching linear TV. But you have the Emmys every year. You have the Emmys to celebrate the great accomplishments that that have happened during the past year. And I equate it to this. It's like a bunch of people sitting around in a garage, all talking to each other, all telling each other how good they are. Now, granted, nobody knows this because they're not watching anymore. But the people that do it tell each other how good they are. It's this kind of thing, I think, with the Lakers. I think they're insulated. I think they're sitting around and they're making a move and, and they're trying to figure out what other pieces they can bring in or or trade. But I think they sit around and look at each other in this room, in this bubble, and go, you know what, that'll work. Yeah, we're going to be pretty good. We have AD and we have LeBron. We're good. Yeah, you know what? It will work. This will work. Why won't it work? I think that's what they do. It was kind of like when the Chargers and Raiders were coming to Carson. If you remember the story, and the Chargers hired Mark Fabiani to do their their spin and their yeah. PR. Yeah. And he did such a magnificent job of convincing the public that it would not be the Rams, but it would be the Chargers and the Raiders that Dean Spanos actually believed it. The man who hired him to spin the whole thing then turned around and started to believe it. Yes. That's how good a job Fabiani Along with a couple other owners believed it. Right. Jerry Richardson believed it. That's how good a job Fabiani did. I equate it to this. We're sitting around. We're looking at each other. Here's the mess we've inherited by making a terrible decision. What we had to give up to get Westbrook. And now look where we're at. Okay. We got to fix it. Oh, we can fix it. The first thing we'll do is we'll bring in a new coach. Darvin Ham. Highly respected, 
Guys like him. He's a no-nonsense guy. He's going to emphasize defense, which very much Frank Vogel did. But Darvin Ham, when he says it, it'll sound different. So that'll work. And now what are we going to do with the roster? Okay, well, let's see. We'll figure out a way to get Pat Beverly. He's aggressive. He plays defense. He's exactly who Darvin Ham want. Good. Now we're now we're now we're okay. Matter of fact, you know what? We need some shooting. Got a plan. Let's go get Dennis Schroeder. Okay. Obviously, he'd been talking about it for three months. We got him now. Now, now we're good. Now everything is okay. We're ready to go. We're ready to roll. And AD is going to stay healthy all year. That won't be an issue. LeBron's not going to get hurt at all. This is going to be the year where everybody is healthy. It all comes together. Yes. Yes, indeed. This is our year. When you look at it like that, I do think they believe it. (laughs) As, As much as you tried to sound convincing, Fred, that was a bunch of hogwash. What? I will cite. I didn't buy it at all. <laughs> this is what Sam Amick, Yovan Buha tag teamed on a, a, a an article on The Athletic. This is a matter of fact, right as we got off the air on Friday when they announced that Dennis Schroeder was signing with the Lakers and they're thinking in the front office, the problem with the trading away the, tw- uh, the 27 and the 29 picks, even with Westbrook, is they want to make sure if they send those out, they bring in an actual impact player that improves their chances of winning a champion- championship not making a move that makes them marginally better. They feel like as currently constructed, they can compete for a playoff spot, but doesn't seem to be delusions that they can actually win a championship unless Anthony Davis stays healthy and goes off again, which I don't know if any of us can actually realistically expect. So the reason why they don't want to trade those picks is Anthony Davis could be gone after next year. LeBron potentially can opt out after next year. You know you're going to have Russell Westbrook's money coming off the books. You can reset still have assets to either draft your own players or use those to trade for somebody else when you're starting to rebuild. That's the reason why they're so skittish about trading away those draft picks. They don't want to trade them for somebody that's not going to make a real impact. Kyrie Irving, regardless of whatever his mental state may be in a particular day and time, makes a real impact, which is why they were talking about trading those picks for him. Miles Turner, who reportedly now is off the table anyway, Buddy Heald, any of these other guys would help but I don't think they think those guys would help enough to trade away those future assets. And I get that. And that So goes- that flies in the face of what you just said, though, Fred, by the way. They're not convinced that, well, this team's obviously going to win a championship. They're trying to find a way to put themselves in the best position to compete and see what happens. Then they're cheating people. Who? The fans. This team's not going to win a championship. This team needs to win a championship. If they're not winning championships, what is this about? That one move with Russell Westbrook, which they never should have made, blew up the whole thing. Agree. So they don't want to compound yes. that and make it worse. Okay, so so now you have LeBron who you're paying. And Anthony Davis, you don't know how healthy he'll be. So what would you have them do, Fred? Start over. I'm, I Start said, over. You know what? I said it before. And I know it sounds insane. I know it sounds insane. If, if really, if you're right, Kevin, and that's what they're thinking, then get to it. Take the shot. Don't prolong the pain. When you say take the shot, are you saying get rid of LeBron, get yep. rid of Anthony, just do just a If they don't right win, now. there's no reason to even have them. Then why do you yeah. have them? Just so people will show up? I and mean, eventually they're not going to show up because they're not winning. The goal, obviously, is to win. 
The idea is they're not going to be able to trade all these assets away and believe they can bring in someone else that makes a big enough impact. So why would I give away assets for something that's not really going to help me that much? What's the point? Agreed. But then that goes back to, and you can't, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. They never should have done what they did. You're Ever. Right. But that goes to my point. Do they sit in a room and go, this can actually work? Do they actually believe that when the entire league, NBA execs, former players, current players, said there's no way Russell Westbrook is a good fit for this particular team? And I like I like Russ's effort and his energy, but this he was not a good fit. Everyone said that. That everybody could see it but them? That's why they that think they're going to win this year. Right. That's, that's, that's why. <laughs> exactly. That's why they think we're good to go. Are they bringing Trevor Ariza back? Is he coming Highly back? Doubtful. Because he was the missing link last year, remember? 3 and D. He was the guy. He's not coming back. Man. And camp starts next week. On the topic of the Lakers, who wants to play a little Know Your Lakers? Know oh. Your Squad. Yeah. 866-987-2570. Way to make a doomsday Wednesday, Fred. Well, I didn't mean... You brought it up. You asked me. If you hadn't asked me, I never would have said anything. 866-987-2570. First caller. Play a little Know Your Squad, Know Your Lakers. Kevin will pick you up, put you on the air. You're playing Rodney and Ronnie. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah! Afternoon Delight. I'm a street that got rich. I made curves off a brick. Yeah, let's do it. Today, afternoon delight is blues. Uh, G Herbo. This track is likely to appear on his forthcoming album entitled "Survivor's Remorse," which will be released this year. He tabs singer-producer songwriter Future as featured artist on this track which follows the release of his first single, Me, Myself, and I, last week. Again, today's Afternoon Delight is Blue by T. Herbo. Afternoon Delight is brought to you by Rusnak Westlake Porsche. The all-new Porsche Westlake with more cars in stock than ever. Now, open just for you. Go down and get that brand new port spread. Rusnak, our friends, love them. Rogan and Rodney Roulette. Know your squad. Hey, join Justin Turner for an Instagram Live this afternoon at 2, hosted by Dodger Insider David Vassay. Year after year, Children's Hospital Los Angeles, right number one in California for treating kids, providing world-class care to every child who needs it. Visit chla.org to learn more. Okay, John and Beverly Hills, you ready to go? I'm ready to roll. Come on, man. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. We're going to play Let's a little uh, Know Your Squad, It's Know Your Lakers. Here's the deal. Shoot. Do not answer until I've given you all five choices. If you answer before I give you all five choices, you are locked out of that question. You have a challenge. If you use your challenge and it's upheld, you hold on to your challenge. If you use your challenge and it's denied, you're locked out of the next question. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. Ronnie, you ready to go? <laughs> yeah, so good today, Rogan and Rodney. Let's go. Okay. So loke on the other side. Let's do it. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, okay. Which of these current NBA players did not spend time on the Laker active roster last season? 
Jay Huff, Mason Jones, Shondi Brown, Trey Mann, or Joanna Mann? Jay Huff. Mason How about Jones. New? How about new? Trey Jones. I don't even know their names anymore. Mason Rudolph. Joanna Mann. How about new? Huff. Mason Taylor. How about new? I'm going to give you the choices again. Jay Huff, Mason Jones, Shondi Brown, Trey Mann, or Joanna Mann? Jay Huff. Of course, Shondi Brown. Shondi sure. Brown. Shondi Brown. 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 How about new? Mason Taylor. How about new? Mason Jones. How about new? Trey Mason. Oh, you're close. <laughs> How about new? Trey, Trey Jones. Shondi Brown. How about Mason, new? Mason Brown. Mason Trey. Trey Brown. Trey Jordan. Trey Jordan. Give us those names one more time, Fred. Trey Johnson. All right, here we go. Trey Williams. I, I mean, that's an obscure question. Who yeah. even heard of these guys? Right, and they were on the Lakers right. roster last year? Yep. All right. Jay right. Huff, Mason Jones, Shondi Brown, Trey Mann, or Joanna Trey Mann? Trey Mann. Trey Mann. Ronnie. No wonder why the Lakers were so bad. Who the hell are these guys? They probably needed Joanna, man. <laughs> Lakers were swept by Dallas and Phil Jackson final season as head coach in 2011. Kobe Bryant was their leading scorer in that series with an average of 23 a game. Who was their second leading scorer in that series with an average of 13 points a game? Paul Gasol, Andrew Bynum, Lamar Odom, Shannon Brown, or Shannon Farron? Paul Gasol. Lamar Odom. Shannon Brown. Andrew Bynum. Rodney, Andrew Bynum. I thought Shannon Farron would have would have fared in that one. Shannon Farron would have fared in that one for yeah. sure. Okay. Lakers beat the Warriors by 63 in their 72 championship season, which is the largest margin of victory in franchise history. Who led the team in scoring with 30 points in that game? Dale Goodrich, Pat Riley, Jerry West, Happy Harrison, or Happy Gilmore? Pat Riley. Jerry Goodrich. It is no good. Jerry West. And it is no good. Happy Riley. And it happy is Harrison. no good. Yo, good Ronnie, happy Harrison. Okay, Ronnie has a 2-1 lead. Happy Harrison. Happy Harrison. He's a happy guy. Fill it up, boy. You could fill it up. Yeah, I could. Which of these players is the only Laker to win the Rookie of the Year award? Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Elgin Baylor, Eddie Jones, or Eddie Griffin? Elgin Baylor. Kobe Bryant. It was Elgin Baylor. Good job, Rodney. Yes. Here's your next yes. one. Which of these Lakers does not have their jersey retired by the franchise? Jamal Wilkes, oh James Worthy, Michael Cooper, Gail Goodrich, or Gail King? Jamal Michael Wilkes. Cooper. And it is no good. Gail Goodrich. And it, it is no good. Rodney got it. It's Michael Cooper. Rodney got it Come on, first. Fred. What? Rodney got it like 30 seconds oh, I didn't ago. hear it. I didn't hear it. All right. Come on, Fred. Come on now. All right. Let's so stop Rodney, playing these games again. You know what that means. Nevertheless. Come on, baby. Rodney's wrapped it up. Good job. We got one more question, Come though. Come on now. Maybe John can get on the board. All right, John. Let's go. Sure. If we get a question that actually happened when I was alive, I'd be damn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> This is like, like two or three hours ago. Wait a minute. You are alive with the first question. Which of these current NBA players did not spend time on the Laker active roster last year? But nobody yeah, but knew that who was... they were. Exactly. Alive in 20... Happy Harrison. Who the heck is he? Oh, no. He could play. Clearly, you don't oh, he Lakers could definitely play. Though, no, he could light it up. You were yeah. alive in 2011. 
Remember Andrew yeah, Bynum John. gave the, the forearm shiver to, to the Dallas Who, uh, Mavericks? Boudreaux was, was his name? Boudreaux. <laughs> Beaumont, Beaumont, little bit, little fella. Yeah, the little no, JJ Barea, JJ Barea, JJ Barea, fake tough guy. Fake tough guy. JJ wasn't doing nothing to nobody. They Andrew Bynum gave him that forearm chipper. All right. Well, Andrew Bynum, of course, parked in the handicap spot and then tried to yeah, slam the door on Joel Grover. Oh, poor Grover. Two handicap spots. Oh, that's right. He parked across like two handicap spots. spots Don't make Joel Grover angry. Boy. Joel Grover will follow you home. Yeah. <laughs> you don't mess with Joel Grover. Yeah, I do. Do you mess with Joel Grover? I don't. No, no. I said, no, I remember Joel Grover. Don't, don't you dare mess with the Grove. Don't do it. The Grove. Bad cat. Yeah. <laughs> Here is your final question. Good luck. Who was the Lakers' career leader in steals per game with an average of 2.1? Magic Johnson, Norm Nixon, Eddie Jones, Connie Hawkins, or Taylor Hawkins? Norm Nixon. Magic Johnson. Eddie Jones. And there it is. John is on the board. The answer was Eddie Jones. Thank you. Johnny, that a boy. Hey, doing it for Johnny. John, you did. Johnny played when I was alive. But Johnny. Well done. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) He played while I was alive. All right. John, you know, we appreciate you listening to the show, and uh, nice job today. You guys are the best. Fight on. Back at you, John. Dan Wojcicki, NBA Insider, will join us coming up top of the hour. During the 2 o'clock hour, David Basset jumps on as the Dodgers continue their year-long series with Arizona. Why?